Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, the only independent NBA podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at us at onthelinepod. underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Uh, if you could please rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. It's greatly appreciated. All right, guys. Welcome back. Hope you're having a great week. Ben and I are talking all things Clippers today, Los Angeles basketball, the fallout from the acquisitions of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George by the Clippers. We're talking all things Alfred Coffey. We're talking Russell Westbrook and NBA Summer League and trading draft picks. Here it is, my conversation with the one, the only, Ben Croft. All right, Ben Croft's back on the line. Ben, the uh, the fabric of the NBA has radically altered since we've last spoke. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have been acquired via trade and free agency by the Los Angeles Clippers. How you doing, man? How you feeling? How, should we uh, should we make a uh, uh, an earthquake analogy? Um, I <laughs> feel like it has been. I, I haven't gotten a chance. It's been a little while since I've you know been on the pod. I, I, I took a break, a, a brief hiatus there, and I and That's I. Right. I'm sad that I didn't get a chance to uh, to get off all of my best earthquake metaphors, and um, you know, I I really want to just uh, throw the word seismic shift uh, around, wow. and uh, the landscape of the NBA has, uh, right. has 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 moved under our feet. Um, shifting. There's been a lot of moving parts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shockwaves have been sent uh, through 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 the league. Um, yeah. There are going to be uh, certainly some aftershocks, I think, uh, God, following, we needed, following this, this. we needed this podcast from you like a week ago, man. Where the hell were are these? Not, are these not timely? Are these not relevant anymore? Are, uh, are these... God damn it. Has it been... Has yeah. too much time passed? No, All man. Right, well. Yeah, that's the pace of the, uh, of the league now. Like, if yeah, you, you God. Know, two, three days, and that's old Earthquake news. metaphors are, uh, are just old news now, aren't that's they? That's right. Well, Ben, a lot has happened. Uh, I wanted to catch up with you about all things trade and free agency and summer league and uh but before we before we delve too deep into that stuff um Mm -hmm. something i felt like we should touch on is an item that we were discussing on our company vacation in mexico Mm -hmm. um and this ben of course is the fact that our podcast on the line is free of any special interest money that's right, Chris. I I, uh, I, I heard your um, your public service announcement on uh, our previous episode um, right at the top. I think it's important um, for me as uh, pretty much regular yes. guest slash uh, special guest co-host. Um, I I, uh, I would like to second that uh, sentiment and uh, and just reassure all of our readers uh, and listeners. Um, uh, I guess more more listeners than readers since we are a podcast. Um, uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, I just want to reassure everyone that I stand um, four square uh, with Chris uh, in in this. Uh, this company line, this message that we are um, a, an independent uh, podcast. We are completely free and clean and yes. clear of any sort of yep. corporate influence or Kick corruption. Yep. Um, none of that is happening on our podcast. Um, 
We are a podcast of the people. Um, we are the only, Ben, we are the only truly independent NBA podcast on the internet. All the other podcasts right. about the NBA have some sort of corporate influence. We are the only truly independent uh, independent podcast about the NBA. Um, and yeah, man, it just it feels good knowing that we are independent, that our listeners can trust us. Now, to offer a peek behind the curtain, Chris, um, it's um, it's true that that uh, many uh, corporate advertisers have been oh, knocking knocking on our door yeah. um, th- this past year as the as the podcast has really uh, taken off and, and risen right. in prominence um, thanks to your hard work. Um, so uh, don't think that we don't have plenty of opportunity uh, to to let these advertising these corporate dollars uh, you know roll in. And uh, and completely color the, the kind right. of uh, coverage and and analysis that we provide here. Um, but we've we've made it uh, a very clear, bright line mm-hmm. uh, with this company to say no yep. uh, to, to those to those companies and uh, and say that's not what we do here. That's not what we're about. Then our um, podcast, our considerable influence, cannot be bought. So let this be a message to the zip recruiters of the world, to the to the stamp.coms of the world, to the meandies, yeah. to the hymns, the, the airwaves, to the hymns wielding yep. their corporate to the, messaging, to the, to the seat geeks. You know what? To the seat, seat geeks. geeks we See Take you. a hike. The OTL cannot be bought. Okay, are we clear, HelloFresh? I'm looking at you, Warby Parker, Mac Weldon. Find another pod. The OTL yeah. will not oblige. Dollar Shave Club. We're happy with our current razor blade suppliers. Thank you very much. The OTL is a independent, truly, yes. truly independent podcast. The only one. The last the remaining only independent podcast about the NBA on the internet. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So, sorry, companies, take your business elsewhere. Um, good. Best of luck to you. Best of luck. Um, yeah. Now, Ben, um, moving past uh, that bit of messaging. Uh, Glad we got that out of the way. It feels good. Obviously, this is a message that we will continue to reinforce sure, as time goes on. It just feels good to wave the flag of independence. You know, yeah, we just yeah. celebrated the 4th of July. Uh, I just thought it was important to celebrate our independence, you know. Uh, that's right. As a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Moving past, uh, moving past corporate independence, Ben. Now let's talk uh, for a sec about um, everything about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Everything that's happened. Let's talk My about goodness. some of the fallout of the Clippers' acquisition of these two major superstars. First, just like your gut reaction when you heard the news. Where were you when you found out? Thoughts? Just, just reactions to uh, to what happened. I was in my bed when I found out, um, <laughs> and. I'm going back through. Were you my... going to sleep or waking up? No, I was waking up. Sure. Um, I'm actually grateful that, um, yeah, I didn't have a, a, any chance of, of like, you know, I wasn't like accidentally awake at like two in the morning mm. uh, when the news broke and forced to basically like stay up uh, the entire rest of the night, like dissecting it and, and like hyperventilating it hyperventilating over it because that's totally what I would have done. Yeah, I have a question. But no, I was... I actually, I have a question. Uh, I'm So I'm not a parent, but you obviously are, as, as we've talked about on the podcast. Have mm-hmm. you had instances over the course of the NBA season where, you know, your infant child, does your, does your son ever wake up like in the middle of the night, like, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning, you wake up to check on your son. And do you ever have that moment where you glance at your phone, be it for like a fantasy basketball thing or to glance at NBA oh, Twitter and then all of a sudden you're like, you're hooked and you're locked in and you're awake and you can't go back to sleep. Has that ever happened with you? 
Um, I'm pretty good at, at falling back asleep. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a pretty reliable sleeper. Um, but I, but I absolutely take advantage of those, of those, um, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, wee small hours of the night, uh, when, uh, yeah, I might be rocking my son, not so much anymore, but certainly when he was, you Younger, know, yeah. uh, a, a, an infant, um, and uh, throwing on a uh, you know a podcast at, uh, at three in the morning as I'm pacing back and forth uh, with him in my arms. Um, Incredible. That I mean that may be like one of the reasons. Like it's funny I associate a certain fantasy basketball podcast with like the birth of my son in like wow. a really <laughs> kind of weirdly deep way. Yeah. Because um, it was the thing that I always listened to. Right. Um, and yeah. Anyway. Um, but so getting back to your orish- initial question. Um, so it was a text from our good friend and previous uh, uh, guest uh, on this podcast, Lucas Kavner, mm. who, um, who who gave me the initial um, kind of welcome uh, to this new world news. When I woke up on Saturday morning, uh, he texted us, uh, you guys are in for a treat when you wake up. Sweet dreams, hoops. Um, so that was a text that we received on our little thread at 2.16 a.m. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that probably, you know, around 7, 7.30 when I woke up. Um, so I, I immediately rushed to, um, to for some reason, I decided to open the Roto World uh, app because yeah. that's like a place where you can just see like quick snapshots of like the latest news, um, player transactions. And I remember um, the first thing that my eyes saw was... Lakers sign um, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope and um, and and uh, JaVale McGee, and I thought for a second that that's what Lucas was referring to, and I was like, oh, how delightful the Lakers signing <laughs> those two, yeah. you know, hilarious characters from the previous um, season's roster, and then I quickly saw, oh my God, Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers, oh my God, Paul George of the Clippers, and like suddenly it all came together yeah. and. Um, yeah, it was an amazing feeling. And I, I think more than anything else, Chris, I obviously I felt uh, extreme glee and delight at the misfortune of the Los Angeles Lakers and their fan base. Um, but I would say almost as equal uh, to that was my relief that I could still root for Kawhi Leonard. That's right. Um, because obviously, as we've discussed at length on this pod, we've fallen in love with this man. And... It was like um, there was a for for a minute there there was a serious threat that he would join the Lakers and no matter what he yeah. accomplished uh, and, you know last last year like there would simply be no way for us to root for him That's he would right. he would become evil all of his achievements and greatness from the previous uh, year and frankly even before that of his career would be totally erased and washed away um, and I was sad about that I was really sad about um, the possibility of of losing this great player um that i really enjoyed reading for so when i realized so my initial reaction was like oh awesome i can still root for Kawhi." um and then i was like you know sort of slowly as you as you pieced everything together and all the the moves and maneuvers that happened and and like you it kind of like you you came to the full realization of like what he had achieved you were like not only can i still root for this man but i like am rooting for him harder and and more deeply and passionately than I ever have before. Yes. Because holy shit, that guy, what he achieved was one of the most badass, cold blooded, fucking brilliant things um that any player has pulled off in like NBA history. Absolutely. I mean like 
tell me about how you like I guess yeah, I'll, I'll let I'll let you riff now. Just like like let's talk about like what Kawhi actually did. So I mean, something I, I jotted down in some notes here was that like has has Kawhi uh, something I wanted to discuss with you is like has Kawhi now positioned himself Ben to be the number one alpha in Los Angeles? You know, Kawhi yeah. and, and his uncle Dennis they met with LeBron James and Magic Johnson. They learned all the secrets and all the top secret plans about the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers organization, all their plans yep. and they spurn them at the 11th hour. And you know, like it's just funny, man. Like we have this idea of who Kawhi Leonard is, that he's this quiet guy. We, we, you know, he's become like the butt of uh, jokes both on our podcast and around the internet about how he's this like quiet weirdo and impossible to figure out. But it turns right. out, man, he's actually a pretty badass like sniper. Uh, you know, like he, he basically lulled us to sleep um, and we kind of fell for it. And while we were asleep at the wheel, he pulled off one of the maybe the greatest NBA offseason heists that we've ever seen, you know. Um, and I mean, it, re- it reminds me a lot of one of my favorite movies, Chris. What's that? Um, uh, the, the Town, the starring, town. <laughs> starring Ben Affleck. Um, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, you know, like an OTL yeah. favorite. Um, the Town. You know, some, some other podcasts uh, discuss it, but, but, but really we're the number one fans no. of The Town. Yep. Um, Man, the, the ben, kind, sometimes the, the, when the, I see it on I mean, cable, I, sometimes I'll just see it on cable because I am a cable TV subscriber. Oh, anytime I'm flipping through AMC, Showtime, Cinemax, all um, the great channels that just yeah. run movies. You know, whether whether it's on a cable network and I have to watch the commercials, it doesn't matter to me. If, no. if the town is on TV, I am stopping what I'm doing in my life, yep. um, and I'm watching the entire movie uh, until the end uh, because it's such a cinematic classic. Ben, um, I'm really looking forward to our Affleck-related draft later this summer when oh, we draft yeah. all of our favorite Affleck. Uh, Bostonian movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's going to be a great one. Yep. Uh, st- everyone, stay tuned for that. Yep. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, really, what Kawhi did re- was reminiscent of of the bank heist in the town because he really was like a, like a master criminal. That's right. um, the way the way he lulled everyone to sleep. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're I think like in reality, he he took the time that he took clearly because he needed to you know, coordinate with Paul George and, um, and, and allow, uh, you know, the, the Toronto front office to, to work out the deal with Oklahoma city, um, or sorry, the, the LA Clippers front office to work out the deal with Oklahoma city. And then, um, you know, like at the same time, bargain with Toronto and blah, 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 and get their leverage so that they could, you know, score one of the, one of the biggest hauls in history, um, with the Paul George trade. Um, but I, th- I think like, so I'm not sure if like Kawhi was intentionally dragging his feet and, and, um, you know, lengthening the process in order to fuck the Lakers. Um, but, but clearly that was a, um, you know, sort of, uh, a, a, a secondhand, yeah. Benefit. you know, results. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't um, hurt. yeah. And, and it's just like so awesome that by the time the news of Kawhi's, uh, move dropped, like the Lakers really had no one else left to sign other than, you know, re-upping JaVale, uh, Rondo is coming back, uh, you know, KCP. I mean, they've got, they've gotten a couple other guys now. Boogie Cousins is going to be a Laker. Um, but yeah, that team is, um, I mean, how, how would you describe the, 
the Lakers r- roster now that it's like, a little more fleshed out? Like, w- what are you expecting of them this season? I think they're going to be a good team. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I, th- I think they'll be, you know, in the middle of the pack of the in, in the West, depending on health. You know, I mean, they've, they've put their eggs in the basket of two guys, LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they've surrounded them with, you know, various uh, three-point shooters, you know, whether it's Danny Green or Avery Bradley, Troy Daniels. Uh, they're bringing Rajon Rondo back to to soak up some minutes at point guard. I, I, I guess now we're learning that LeBron is going to be manning the starting point guard position for the Lakers, which is a pretty interesting experiment. Yeah, I would say so. Especially that, uh, like, I love how he came to Los Angeles. And, I mean, he does this every offseason where he's like, oh, yeah, my plan for the upcoming season is to, you know, play more off ball, conserve my energy <laughs> a little bit right. um, for this, you know, since I'm getting a little bit on in the years, you know, I, I can I can uh, conserve my energy, you know, get through the, uh, uh, the regular season without too much wear and tear. And because of <laughs> the fact that there are, are basically no more point guards left on the market – the Lakers are now forced to just be like, you know what? We're not even a like kid. Anyone? LeBron's our starting point guard. Yeah. Like, let's just let's all admit it. Like, yeah. so <laughs> I funny. mean, what? Like, how, how is that gonna work? Like, is he gonna try to play? Like, like I mean, I guess yeah. They have some depth. You know, Rondo is is capable. Uh, I guess they have Caruso, but he's more of a shooting guard. Quinn Cook is a is a point guard, but he's like really more of a you know scorer. Um, like. I I don't know. It, it I seems know, like I, it, it seems to it, me that we've uh, if their if their hope is to like ma- manage LeBron's load this season, like mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be helping. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll say about uh, the Laker roster construction, and I think this is a bigger point about roster construction across the NBA, and it's not something I'm necessarily a fan of, but it, you know, it's just an observation here. Is like it does seem to me that increasingly. I think like the approach to team building has more and more become like paint by numbers <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> where mm-hmm. it's like, there's this idea, right? Where it's like, all you need is stars. All you need is two or three superstars and that's it. And then just get a bunch of role players and that's going to win. The, that's going to win a championship. Yeah. And it does seem like a, a little bit oversimplified. And I, at, at a certain point I have to believe that like, fit matters like you know like where these how these guys fit together actually matters and the idea that like well LeBron's a superstar and Anthony Davis is a superstar and it really doesn't matter if they have a point guard because all they need is are some three-point shooters like it does seem a little bit oversimplified I mean LeBron granted LeBron is I don't know you know one of the top five greatest players of all time I'm sure they're going to figure it out I'm sure he's going to do whatever he has to do to make it work but I do expect that team to have some hiccups along the way. And um, yeah, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see how they gel and come together. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Quinn Cook actually play real minutes for them. And it sounds oh, like yeah. Alec Caruso gonna is going to play real minutes. So, mm-hmm. And then the other component with the Lakers is just health. You know, I mean, LeBron right. is going to be 34, 35 years old this year. Um He's last year he played, I think, 55 games. Um, Anthony Davis, I think, only played probably 55, 60 games last year with his various inju- in, inju- injuries. So, sure, of course, like half of those were, you know, quote unquote injuries right. that he was using to just not play. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, certainly, like if that, if, if LeBron or, 
Davis go down with any sort of uh, long-term injuries, and and you know obviously we're not hoping that we want I want the to see what that you know yeah that team at, at full strength, but like if it does happen, which isn't totally uh, out of the question, possible, like yeah. there's there's not there's not that much. Uh, <laughs> left uh, behind the, those guys. No, LeBron, like, I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to have the lion's share of the responsibility with that team. I mean, um, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you can't, you can't hand the keys, uh, as much as we're hoping Boogie, Boogie, Boogie Cousins comes back to full strength. I, I don't know that he can carry a team on his own. And, you know, Danny Green's of the world, Alex Caruso's of the world, Avery Bradley's of the world. They're nice players. They're nice role players, but I don't think KCP's of the world. Those guys like win games night in, night out. Um, yeah. certainly on their own. But Ben, bring it back to the Clippers here. Um, something I wanted to bring up to you is, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't all been smooth sailing, of course, the last few That's days, right. you know, That's right. there has been some fallout. Um, uh, famed coffee uh, establishment, Alfred Coffee, recently announced a ban of Kawhi Leonard from their litany of establishments in the greater Los Angeles area. Um, Ben. Incredible alpha move. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know for for Alfred Coffee, uh, which I've never I'd never heard of until now. But well, I guess they have a few. Uh, let me tell you, locations ben, in they Los are Angeles. A major major player in major the, in the in the Los Angeles coffee scene. Yeah, is so this, they're throwing their weight around. Is this been um, the beginning of the basketball coffee wars? Could we see a Pete's Coffee? Could we see a Starbucks move towards maybe banning LeBron? Maybe banning KCP? Maybe banning Boogie Cousins? um what do you think uh it's possible chris although um you know what after the story came out uh later on i did a little digging around uh alfred coffee's various social media accounts sure and if i'm not mistaken they have since uh removed and erased the uh, the initial post, I think it was like an Instagram post. Oh, wow. Uh, where, where they just uh, put up a little sign that said, quote, we reserve the right to refuse service to Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, which is hilarious to me. They also banned Paul George, mm. even though obviously mm. he didn't sign no. with the Clippers. He, he was, was traded, traded. There against his uh, will. I mean, he had no say in the matter. He just. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he just. But like, yeah. So, uh, refuse service to Quayle Leonard, Paul George, and anyone else affiliated with the Clippers organization. Um, so that post, which has been preserved on on like on other accounts on like Twitter and stuff, isn't actually uh, appearing anywhere on Alfred's uh, Instagram or Twitter pages. So it seems to me like um, you know they uh, they they kind of made their move, and then they they realized the you know extreme. Um, folly of their ways, and uh, and have ben, since uh, are, retreated and, and retracted. Are they caving? Are they caving to corporate pressure? And again, I, I think... want to tie this back here. <laughs> this is why it's important to be independent of of these corporate of of these corporate dollars, right? Like, are they caving to their corporate partners? You know, right? You think maybe it was like the 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 parent company, sure, the parent uh, you know, company, whoever, whoever's or, pulling the strings behind whoever, Alfred, whoever's supplying them their soy milk. All of a sudden, sure, a soy sure. milk distributor, you know, drops out of the Alfred Coffee business. Yeah, it's or, one of those major multinational conglomerates is saying, right. "Hey guys, this is not good for our bottom line. You need to fix this ASAP." That's right. Um, and, uh, yeah, clearly I think, uh, Alfred has, has kind of tucked their tail between their legs and, uh, and, and retreated. Incredible. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see, uh, Starbucks, uh, if, if Howard Schultz could, could somehow yep. get in the mix here, uh, offer his two cents. Obviously, 
you know, Howard Schultz has, has already uh, done quite a bit to shape the history of the NBA. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to see how where he falls. Howard, his, we would his... love for you to toss around your sizable weight. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that as part of his uh, presidential platform. Yes. Uh, where, where does he fall down on, uh, on this issue? So Very interesting. All right, Ben. Now, last, last thing on this Clippers-Lakers Clippers business is that I want to mention was, of course, Jerry West. Mm -hmm. Um, Jerry West, who is now a consultant for the Clippers in their front office, former great uh, all-time player, a champion with the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course. Obviously used to work within the Los Angeles Lakers front office. Ben, uh, Jerry West now stealing Kawhi Leonard away away from LeBron James and the Lakers. Ben, with this executive level heist... Do we now think that Jerry West has finally and rightfully passed Kobe Bryant on the list of all-time greatest Los Angeles Lakers? I mean, I don't see how he couldn't. Um, Obviously, he has lots of other great uh, accomplishments to his name. Um, You know, multi-time All-Star, Hall of Famer, uh, NBA champion, the logo, Mr. Clutch, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the the half-court buzzer beater Mm -hmm. in the 1970 NBA Finals against the Knicks. Um, You know, so many incredible moments that he's had throughout his career. Um, This might be his greatest achievement. But I I think the crowning achievement uh, in his resume is is bringing Kawhi and Paul George to the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, And uh, I love especially the way that Magic Johnson uh, reacted to this news on Twitter. Um, when he basically, uh, you know, normally Magic, of course, is is uh, is just praising the Los Angeles Lakers and and pretty much whatever they do. Um, but then recently, he's kind of made a, a very subtle uh, shift. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his latest tweets was, let's see, where was it? Oh yeah, yeah. So this is from uh, from a couple days ago, July sixth. He re- he wrote on Twitter, "L.A. has just become the king of basketball." So not the Lakers, not the Clippers, just mm. L.A. Mm, the city. Um, he's he's yeah. basically just uh, pledging allegiance to L.A. Yes. Uh, a, a, as like a, you know. So um, <laughs> L.A. has just become the king of basketball with the Lakers adding A.D., Cousins, Danny Green, JaVale McGee, and KCP. So I love the KCP got in there sure. um, as, as part of L.A.'s basketball renaissance. Yes. Um, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George joining the Clippers. It's going to be awesome to watch NBA basketball in LA this season. <laughs> so uh, he's not a uh, yeah he, he's he's not like rooting for a no. specific team anymore. Even now it's just about knows. Jerry West is one of the all time greats, and this might yeah. be his greatest move of all time. Yeah, it's really not a Lakers versus Clippers thing. It's really just great for LA. Right. Um, you know, we should all be happy for the city of Los Angeles. Yes. Um, you know, they didn't really have much to root for. Um, you know, over the past fifty years. But now, finally, uh, with the arrival of Kawhi and Paul George, uh, L.A. residents have, have a real basketball team in town that they can get behind. Um, Incredible. So, really, really happy for them and everyone in the L.A. area. Byron Scott, Pau Gasol, Jerry West, all-time great Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, couldn't be happier for Jerry West. And uh, what, what a move here, stealing Kawhi yeah. Leonard away from, from the Lakers. Obviously, we're definitely going to have to do a, uh, an all-time Lakers draft sure. at, at some point soon. Sure. Um, can't, can't wait to toss out some names you know, to, 
to figure out where where the Nick Van Exels sure. and the Eddie Joneses and the Eldon Campbells fall uh, in that in that pecking order is going to be so exciting. Look forward to it. All right, Ben. Yeah. Also, now uh, we should discuss Russell Westbrook. So you know, that's right. Of course, as we continue to think about how this trade of Paul George from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Clippers affects the the makeup of the league. Uh, we should we should talk about Westbrook. This is a guy that is now 31 years old. He'll be 31 years old at the beginning of uh, this next NBA season. He's, an, I believe, an eight-time NBA All-Star. Um, he is due to make $171 million over the next four seasons. Mm. And, you know, it's logical to think about, you know, is it time for the OKC Thunder to move on with this guy? And if so, where would be some, you know, logical places where he might wind up? Uh, first, just, you know, any thoughts, impressions about Russ, about where an ideal destination for him might be? Before we even start naming cities, like, what what would make sense? Like, what, what, what should OKC's priorities be in relocating Russ? I mean, I think that at this point, it's... Uh, it's pretty clear that that relocating Russ to somewhere is certainly the right move for OKC. You know, yeah. they they got this huge haul of draft picks um, and uh, and great young players like SGA and um, well, Danilo's not a young player, but he's he's valuable as an asset um, in in the Paul George trade. And then they also recently dealt uh, Jeremy Grant to the Nuggets for a first round pick. Um, so clearly, it's um, they're, they're, yeah, it's, it's, they're it's, in it's happening. Mode. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think the people who have thrown around the idea of like, oh, could they do like kind of a, a stealth rebuild right. or like, like reworking, whatever. Rebuild. Yeah. Keep Russ, you know, add mm-hmm. a piece around him here and there, right. blah, blah, blah. Find, maybe like another can vet ship. who's on his like timeline. Does that make I just, sense? Yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't know if I, if I see that. Yeah. I think that... Um, like I, th- I think I don't know. Like I mean, Sam, Sam Presti as a GM, I think is is kind of a natural builder. Like he likes right. Uh, Being I, in I the think sandbox. like the the idea of having like a blank slate um, and a bunch of like assets and and kind of put, like you know open potential to to play with is like really appealing to him. And and clearly like you know they've had a first round exit the past three years. The Thunder have. Um, I, I can't see them adding anyone who's going to be on the level of Paul George, uh, who, you know, was third in MVP voting uh, last season. Um, you know, even if they have like a, like a Bradley Beal that they can somehow acquire or, or whoever other, whatever other start, like, you know, most of the guys are, are pretty much spoken for. So I don't really see that Avenue. Um, but, um, but yeah, so the thing about Russ is that, I feel like everyone's talking about, you know, his ridiculous contract. You know, it's one of the worst contracts in the NBA now. He's going to be paid, you know, 40, what, $3 million in year four. And then there's like a player option uh, for for year five uh, for $47 million, which uh, I can't uh, try to imitate Nate Duncan's, uh, you know, high-pitched, uh, you know, <laughs> like vo- voice of, uh, yeah, I think he might, uh, might might be picking that one up. But, um, yeah, I mean, 34-year-old Russell Westbrook with a player option for $47 million. Um, it's crazy. Pretty, pretty sure that's the best he's going to be able to do at that point. So, yeah, it's a huge contract. It's crippling and, and, you know, very, very difficult to build around. At the same time, I feel like because of that contract, people are sort of like, treating him like he's John Wall or something. Like, he's still r- really good. Yes. He might not be good when he's 34, but, like, for the next, like, 
two, three seasons. Like he's still yeah. an extremely effective uh, player. Like I mean, I think it's clearly it's, he's if, one of the you know. If they're four years on that contract, you just have to look at it like you know who. So I, I I created some trades that I want to pitch you here and my to, all right to, let's get to, into some possibilities yeah, here to, to give you a window into my methodology about you know crafting these trades my thought process was like who is already invested in a veteran core for the next two to three years and who is maybe one great point guard away from jumping up a level from where they currently are because that's how i think you have to think about this russell westbrook investment yes it's a four-year financial commitment so who's looking who's in like a two-year window right now where they're they're going to be okay with eating years three and four on that contract Mm -hmm. and here are some nominees that i want to run by you so the first one is a is a team that a lot of people are talking about and that's the miami heat right yeah so the miami heat just made a sizable four-year investment in a 30-year-old Jimmy Butler. And so they are definitely in the business of acquiring an elite veteran talent, right? Which is what Russell Westbrook is. So my first trade that I want to propose to you is we're going to send Russell Westbrook to Miami for Goran Dragic, James Johnson, and Bam Adebayo. My thought here is... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get one year of Goran for one year, nineteen million dollars. James Johnson has two years at fifteen million bucks a pop, and then we get Bam at a Bayou. Your 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 consolation, your prize for taking yeah. on the the big money of Russ is that you get Bam at a Bayou on a sweetheart three year contract. He makes three point five million dollars a year. He's really good. Uh, he's he will be the the Heat's starting center this coming season with with the uh, departure of Hassan Whiteside. That's right. Um, here's the thing, Chris. Yes. Is there any way we can so? Correct me if I'm wrong. Miami, I think is is hard capped right right now. Um, yes, that's right. So they can't take on even a dollar more of salary than they are than they're giving out in a trade. Um, but Bam is on a pretty cheap deal, right? He's not mm-hmm. like a, like a big, so, and also I think now I might be a bigger Bam fan than your average NBA, uh, viewer, but I think that Miami would be as, as, you know, as much as you want to get your hands on Russell Westbrook and pair him up with, with Jimmy Butler. Um, so wait, so there's, there's basically like two, uh, like I- ideas I have running next to each other. Yeah. One is that. Miami is far and away my number one preferred destination for Russell Westbrook. Okay. I feel like like nothing would make me happier as an NBA fan. It just feels like the place where he belongs. Okay. Jimmy Butler feels like the teammate that he deserves. Um like the two of them together in Miami, yeah. like it's so spiritually perfect it feels and right. and just like yeah, like I, I feel like you couldn't like you know, like the NBA is the best when there are certain players who just like fit the teams that they play for and their characters and their identities match up with the identities of their franchises. Um, and, and that to me, like you can't, you can't script a, a, a better pairing than, than Russ and, and Jimmy Buckets in fucking Miami. Like it's just so choice. And so I want that to happen deeply uh, in my soul. Um, but I think that Miami would be foolish to give up um, Bam Adebayo, who is like, I think one of the most promising and exciting young guys in the league. Um, and 
on top of that, so then you like uh, when you when you think of the salary restrictions and and needs to make this trade happen, is Bam necessary or could you make it happen with like Dragic? Um, there are uh, there are a lot of avenues we can make this happen. Okay, so luckily the Miami Heat have tons of yes. of bloated contracts. So what, <laughs> so what I've noticed in crafting a bunch of different Russ trades are. Very often, so Russ makes $38 million this season. So that's the number yeah. that we're trying to come close toward fulfilling, right? Right. And what, what I've found is that there are a lot of players around the NBA who would make sense in trades for Russ who are like kind of at the high end of the spectrum. Let's say they make mm-hmm. 30 million bucks or they make 28 million bucks. What Miami has going for it is they have an abundance of guys making like $15 million. Right. So like right. you can very easily craft together. Ch- several different versions of trades with heat where it's like this guy makes 10 million bucks this guy makes 12 and this guy makes 15 you know Mm -hmm. um so i i would say the biggest thing that we should discuss in in crafting a trade is like simply this is russell westbrook an asset or a liability Ooh. I mean, I think he is a liability to the Thunder, and I think he's an asset to another team like the Miami Heat. Like, I think, um, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's even tough to say, like, in terms of his value as a player. Like, will he... Exactly. You know, is his game going to evolve? Is he going to stop taking right. terrible three-point shots and focus more on, you know, distributing mm-hmm. and driving... I mean, will his uh, free throw percentage ever improve to what it was earlier in his career? Um, so when when I throw in Bam out of Bayou in a trade, the reason mm-hmm. I do that is because I am coming from the position that, yes, Russell Westbrook is still an asset. So right. if I'm going to give you Russell Westbrook, I can't just eat bad salary for you. Yeah. I'll, eat I'm not some taking, of your, I'll eat some of yeah. your bad salary, but you have to give me some little shiny object. Right. You have to make it worth, worth it worth for me. Worth my while. And, and the thing about the Heat is they have basically, what, what kind of draft picks do they have? Because they have been sending out draft picks left and right um, you know, over the past few years. I know at least a couple of them are going to the Oklahoma City Thunder vis-a-vis the uh, Clippers in the trade for Paul George. Right, because the Clippers had, I think, two heat picks. That's right. What Oklahoma City wants more than anything is draft picks. Like, that's what they're stockpiling right now. I mean, because I think at this point, that's what the Thunder, more than like... Yeah. I mean, yeah, Bam Adebayo would be an incredible get for them. I don't know, maybe maybe the Heat would do that. Um I think it would be foolish. I think he's probably like their best single so, asset so right here, now. So here's where I'm coming at from this. So I just I just created another trade for you, right? So Kel, uh, so we're going to send Russell Westbrook to the Heat. Oklahoma's, Oklahoma City is going to receive Kelly Olenek, Dion Waiters, and Myers Leonard. My question mm. to you is, so the trade works. My yeah. question to you is, what's the incentive for Oklahoma City? Right? Yeah. Like, 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 you have to make it worth their while because these guys, Olenek, Waiters, Myers Leonard, they're not expiring no, they're not mov- contracts. They're not, they're, not, they're not moving the needle at all. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not I expiring mean, contracts. They're going to be in Oklahoma City for the next two years. So yeah. you have to make it a little bit worth their while. I think like, I would say that you would spice maybe, it up with a draft pick or you'd spice yeah. it up with a low ups, with a high upside, you know, inexpensive player. I wonder if Justice Winslow would be enough to uh, to move the needle for OKC. Yeah, now he's like a pretty promising guy okay. um, who I would definitely be willing to part with if I'm Miami. Okay, um, and 
I don't know. I feel like maybe, you know, he's... Because uh, the thing is... Mm. Now we're talking. I think he is a young, cost-controlled... He's a, he's a piece, yeah. Four, he's making $13 million for the next four years. He's so that's like for four years. manageable. Yep, pretty good, pretty good contract. Um, he's 23. I mean, maybe... Yeah, um, yeah, promising. He's got some potential. I mean, Dragic, I think, would be good, too, if they could grab him because he they can flip him to another team that needs a point guard because that's the thing. OKC now with um, SGA doesn't need a point guard. They have their point guard of the future. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they want they could use Dragic as kind of like a mentor, backup point guard type. Um, but, of course, everyone keeps talking about uh, Dallas uh, because – uh, Luca, you know, kind of played with with Dragic on on the um, Slovenian national team, and they're, you know, kind of like uh, there's the idea out there that he would be a great mentor to Luca. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't really care how it happens, frankly. I just want fucking Russell Westbrook in Miami. <laughs> how about <Okay? laughs> Goran? How about Goran Dragic, uh, Justice Winslow, and Derek Jones? For Russell Westbrook. Ooh. See, Derek Jones is another one yep. who I don't know if Miami wants to part with him because wasn't he initially going to? They um, definitely don't want to part with him. They definitely. Yeah, don't. he w- but, he was initially going to get sent out in the in the Jimmy Butler sign and trade situation with Dallas. With Dallas, but they said no, we don't want to give up him. And then, but that whole thing was so confusing because at first it was he was included, and then Dragic was was included, but then he wasn't, and um, I don't even remember exactly like how it happened or who they put in his place. But I know that Miami likes him a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe to land Westbrook, they would say, hey, it's that's a price worth paying. Um, I would certainly rather give up DJJ than than Bam. Yep. Um, if I'm Miami, like Bam is, is like my last line of defense. Like he, that guy, man, That's, I think he has like future, with him. I think he's a future all-star, honestly. Okay. Um, All right. Let's move on to another team, another trade. Um, okay. how about we try Ben, the Detroit Pistons? Oh boy. So the Pistons, this is, this is a hobby horse of yours. I know <laughs> you, the, you're, you're very hung up on this one. You're going to have to do some convincing here because I'm not sure if I'm on board. Listen, the Pistons are locked up in Blake Griffin for another three years, three years, right. $110 million. And no one is helping them shed that contract. Right? So Mm-mm. one idea is maybe do the Pistons double down, right? Do they double down on Blake Griffin? Do they get him an elite veteran point guard wingman in in Russell Westbrook, and mm. do they jump the standings some to the middle of the East? So here's an idea. Here's an idea. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook to the Detroit Pistons for Reggie Jackson, Tony Snell, and Langston Galloway. Jackson. Okay. Jackson's an expiring and, contract. Galloway. And how many draft picks? Because none of those players excite me in the slightest. If I'm OKC, I'll give you one draft pick. But the thing that you're getting is salary relief. Jackson's mm-hmm. an expiring contract. Galloway's an expiring contract. Their salaries mm-hmm. combined are twenty five million dollars. So in a mm-hmm. year, you just earn twenty five million dollars in cap space. And then uh, the year after next, you'll have Tony Snell for one year at 11 mil. Mm. And I'll give you a draft pick. You interested? I mean, if I can, if you give me a first rounder, like unprotected, yeah, I, I might, I might, I might take that phone call. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I guess I like it. I like the, I like the cap relief for sure. That's massive. 
Because you're basically, yeah, like, that That sounds like one of the biggest just, like, clearing of the books. And, you know, whatever. To- you said Tony Snell's at $11 million? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not great. He's pretty shitty, but I guess he's serviceable. Um, I would definitely want a draft pick, maybe even, like, a second rounder in 2021 or two, if, if that's possible. Yeah, we can know. make that happen for you. Okay, okay. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's move on to the next team. How about we try the Charlotte Hornets? Also, I just love the idea of Westbrook and Drummond on the same team. Yeah. Like, just, like, fight, like, boxing each other out, like, fighting each other for rebounds. Um, it would be fun. Just, like, yeah. Like, is Andre Drummond going to average, like, seven rebounds a game if Westbrook <laughs> is on his team? Like, the most massive imposing man ever to average only, like, six rebounds. Yeah, yeah that would make me really happy. All right. He'd, he'd become Brooke Lopez. They'd be like, oh, well, he doesn't, what he does doesn't show up in the stats, but he's awesome at boxing out. The Charlotte Hornets... Uh, now have a, you know, sizable hole at the point guard position after Ooh, losing Kemba Walker. Uh, hang on now. Hang uh, on now, Chris. Uh-huh. You're not a Terry Rozier believer? I mean, come uh, on. Uh, well, that guy's got the, he's got the keys to the Lamborghini. I think saying, he could uh, really do some things now that he's got the... Russell Westbrook is an eight-time All-Star and a former MVP, right? Mm. Do they look, does Charlotte look to continue selling tickets in a depressed marketplace by adding someone of that ilk, you know? I mean, I it wouldn't be the move I'd make, but, you know, I'm not Michael Jordan. So, mm. do we call Michael Jordan and tempt him with the following massive offer? Michael, we're going to send you Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams. Ooh. And we're going to give the Hornets a full playoff reboot now. A full playoff mm. reboot with Westbrook and Steven Adams for Nicholas Batum, e. Bismack Biombo, mm-hmm. Marvin Williams, and a first-round draft pick. Are all those expiring contracts from Charlotte? Yep, because... they're all expiring except Batum, who you're going to have to swallow Ooh. hard on. He's making two, yeah. $25 million over the next two years. Two more? Okay. So this season and next. Otherwise, you clear off about 25 million bucks between Biombo and Marvin Williams. Mm. But don't forget Uh, now, you're also getting rid of Steven Adams, who makes two years at 25. Yeah, that's that's another big one to shed. And I'm getting two draft picks now from Charlotte? Sure, we can make it two. All right. Uh, I would think about that. I mean... Uh, Listen, Biombo and Marvin Williams, they're off your books in a year. You just get two draft picks. All you got to do is swallow hard on two years of Nick Batum. Right, right. So I like that because here's the thing. Westbrook and Adams uh, in Charlotte, that's a lottery team. Um, wow. I mean, like, what the re- the playoff reboot, yeah, that's a great line to feed me, mm-hmm. but... Uh, uh, unless like Miles Bridges suddenly becomes like the next, I don't know, fucking Charles Barkley. Like I, I, I don't think that team's got too much going for it. Uh, is, is Malik Monk suddenly going to put it together? Uh, uh, you know, like what bleak. else do they have? Yeah, it is getting, <laughs> it's getting, getting bleak. bleak. So I like that from OKC's perspective, actually. I, I, I like it. Um, I would think that Terry Rozier would be a little bit like, uh, what the fuck? Because they just paid him what? Like, 38 million over three years, something like that. Um, Terry Rozier. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, we can move him at the deadline. Okay, all right. I mean, yeah, I feel bad for Terry. He's just waiting for that chance to shine. Hey, man, you know? this is this is the NBA. It's a business, right? It's true, it's uh, true. Let me give you one last more. How about, uh, how about we send Russell Westbrook 
to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay, good God. I thought you were going to say the Knicks for a second, and I was no. going to have to uh, no. murder you, but yeah. The Minnesota Timberwolves for Jeff Teague, mm. Gorgie Jang, mm-hmm. and Josh Okogie. Ooh. So you got one year of Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague's an expiring contract. He makes $19 million. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to swallow hard and Gorgie Jang. He's two years, $16 million bucks each year. Mm-hmm. But you get Josh Okogie. Josh Okogie. Three years. He makes $2.5 million Ooh. a year. Very, very useful player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do I do like me some Josh Okogie. Um, and for Minnesota, they get their you know elite all-star caliber point guard to play alongside yeah. Wiggins and Towns. It's so funny because everyone was like, oh, well, to match the salaries, you could trade Wiggins mm-hmm. for Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And maybe OKC would be like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll see if a change of scenery helps him, blah, blah, blah. But I like this, this radical idea of actually keeping Wiggins. Yes. I mean, if, you had, if Minnesota had Wiggins and Westbrook on the same team, that's like two of the four worst contracts in the NBA, Correct. five worst contracts of the NBA. Uh, that would be pretty incredible. I mean, I, mean, I don't think is, that they would be... That's a playoff we're team. We're just rebooting, basically, the Jimmy Butler experiment <laughs> in mini, in Minnesota, which is like, right. let's get in a vet in here to yell at the young guys. Yeah, I will say, like, I, I am very intrigued by the idea of Russ and Cat together, because Cat as, like, an awesome stretch five... Um, uh, you know where where West, Westbrook can can uh, can have the space to to drive into the paint and kick out to uh, to Cat on the perimeter. I like that a whole lot. I think he's. I mean, Cat's probably like the best uh, pairing like option for for Westbrook in terms of like a you know a center. Um, you know, in a league, he's such a fucking good three point shooter, and that's really what what Westbrook needs. So if uh, I mean. I don't like it as much as as Westbrook in Miami because that's just perfect. But but Westbrook in Minnesota alongside Cat, I uh, I can definitely get get behind that. Okay, cool. Um, all right, let's let's curtail the Westbrook conversation here for a sec. Um, I want to open it up, see what else you're thinking about, um, and and just something that I've been kind of like stewing on, uh, mm. and I'm curious where you're at with this. Is like, you know, we've seen now two monstrous trades in the last month between Anthony Davis going from New Orleans to the Lakers and Paul George going from the Thunder to the Clippers. And the nature of both of these trades has been, you know, a big market team, a big major media market team kind of selling out on their future for the, you know, the immediacy of a NBA superstar, right? On a max Mm -hmm. contract. And um, I'm just curious, like your thoughts on that. Like, is this is this is this a trend? Are we are we witnessing the beginning of a trend? Like, uh, should we expect the next major star who demands a trade to continue to to net like you know years and years of draft picks, or are these unique situations? Are these outliers? What do you think? Um, I th- I think it. I mean, it certainly seems like the new norm. Um, where you know if you ha- like i think because of all this player movement and like the sudden short attention span of the nba like you know these teams are just like putting all their chips in the ta- in uh, onto the table um for for like one year mm. or two years why and i th- 
I think that's just like kind of the nat- like they everyone recognizes like oh this is how things work now. Guys are leaving. I mean already the maximum contract in the NBA is five years. Um, most uh, you know max contracts are for four. Uh, you know if if a, if a player is changing teams in free agency. And uh, but in fact, most guys leave in one or two, even if they have a four year contract at this point. So it's like I think everyone realizes that, you know, things shift and change so rapidly that you kind of just have to take your shot on like the next season. Um, But at the same time, I think that's like kind of cool and good because, you know, the whole story of... um, of NBA superstar trades in the past was, you know, you never get um, uh, an adequate return if you trade a superstar. It's always, you know, right. 50 cents on the dollar. Um, you, you know, like there's there's never a fair superstar for superstar trade. But what we're seeing now is that um, if you move a superstar at the right time, if you like kind of pick your spot and you take advantage of another team's desperation um, and and you're kind of shrewd and savvy or you're dealing with a complete nincompoop like Rob Polinka, um, you, you can actually get potentially way more than your superstar is worth. Um, I mean, Anthony da- like the Anthony Davis trade, everyone was like, oh my God, it's the biggest haul in NBA history. Right. And then Paul George happens and everyone said, oh my God, it's an even bigger haul. It's the biggest haul in NBA history for a superstar. And so like suddenly it's kind of cool to be like, oh no, you can actually have a fair trade all of a sudden. Like trading a superstar is not going to like just totally decimate your team. Why do you, so you think... You can actually... Wh- yeah, why, why, why... I mean, why are we seeing teams make such dramatic... Like this seems like a radical thing to basically mortgage it is. so much of your future for. I mean, Paul George is twenty nine years old, right? Yeah, he's twenty nine, and by the way, makes a healthy amount of money. This is not like it. it it's not like he he's someone that's making like a, a, a big chunk of money, right? So like, it's not yeah. like you're getting him and, on a and, bargain or something. And by the way, the guy currently has zero working shoulders, right? Uh, like he, he's coming he's off. Even, of... I don't even think he's going to start the season. I think he's going to start no. the season. Uh, four or five weeks after everyone else because he's recovering from shoulder surgery. Yeah, two shoulder surgeries on each so- each shoulder. Um, yeah, it's a huge gamble, but at the same time, I you know, I think like teams are realizing like you just have to go for it. Like you can't like... Uh, like here's the thing though, the LA like set themselves up perfectly. So they did the kind of like long planning, you know, strategic moves, chipping away at the margins type thing for the past, you know, four or five years. Um and it like they're just they have you know good front office and a good coach and like you know it's good ta- and it's like you you can play the smart game much like the New Jersey Nets or sorry Brooklyn Nets <laughs> that was actually an honest mistake uh, much like the Nets did um, where like yeah you you kind of like do the strategic conservative um, smart thing for a while until all of a sudden you do the outrageous thing and and like that seems to be the new formula and in a way I think it's just because. Um, yeah, like teams, teams realize like they just can't, you can't do the strategic, smart, shrewd, savvy thing forever because then you just, you know, work your way up to like a five or six or four seed, um, in the playoffs. But to like really get over the top, you need to just go all in. Um, I have a question though. Is there, is there an element to this that is that these are big market teams? Like is part of the reason that these trades happened were 
because that they were Los Angeles based teams that were, you know, face it like desperate to be relevant, desperate to outdo each other, desperate to be, you, you know what I mean? Like if the shoe were on the other foot, if, if, if New Orleans was trading for a star player or if Oklahoma City was trading for a star player from Los Angeles, would the Pelicans mm. ever give up five first-round draft picks? Would the Oklahoma City ever send six first-round draft picks to the Lakers or the Clippers for a star player? I think maybe those teams would, would do it even more readily if they could because they would realize, like, oh, you know, guys aren't going to come here on in free agency if we're going to ever have a shot of winning a championship, we're going to have to like make some major swing, you know, like, um, so yeah, I think, I think actually it doesn't totally, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it really depends on, on the size of the market. Um, cause it's, yeah, like, I guess the whole, like, you know, small market versus big market thing and the argument against like, Oh, teams like the Lakers have like an inherent advantage. Um, cause guys just want to come there, uh, naturally in free agency. Like, doesn't I mean it? Obviously, it's true, and it's and that speaks to me. I get that argument, but at the same time, like if you have a really good, smart, savvy front office, you can still be the San Antonio Spurs, or um, you know, who who knows? We'll see what happens with the the Pelicans and the Thunder in the next few years. But like those teams are going to be awesome. Oh, like yeah. they're going to like if they draft well. Um, and and they you know like they have to certainly be a little bit smarter and 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 craftier than some of the teams like the the Nets and the Knicks and the Lakers and Clippers of the world. But it's like I don't know like the last uh, however many NBA championships like weren't won by uh, the Nets or the Knicks or the Lakers or the Clippers. You know they were won by teams with really great general managers like Golden State and I know that's like a pretty big market and Toronto is certainly like a big city, but it's not seen as like a desirable free agent destination. It's like, I, yeah, like the whole, Oh, small market teams have such a huge disadvantage thing. Like, I don't know, like Milwaukee bucks, like, you know, could have won the championship last year. Like, um, I think if you're just smart and you're, and you're, and you're kind of, I don't know. Like I, that's what I like about the NBA is that I, I don't see that as such huge, huge disadvantage, you know? Um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Um, I I will say I mean I will say that I think like the the whole this whole off season uh, in terms of Anthony Davis and Paul George being traded to Los Angeles definitely puts the Kawhi Leonard trade in perspective a little bit, and I, I understand that it was different that Kawhi Leonard wasn't coming to Toronto on a long-term, you know, contract. He was basically a one-year rental. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a slightly different situation. But it does make me rethink that trade and wonder if San Antonio couldn't have done much better um, than what they got, which was, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I, 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 I find it fascinating that teams are so willing to um, mortgage their future for these short windows of talent and time. And oftentimes players that we think of as assets are sometimes more liabilities than we think. And sometimes the players that we consider liabilities are maybe more of assets than we think, you know, like we just hmm. had that discussion about Westbrook. Is he an, is he an asset or, or is he not, or is he a liability? And it's like, it depends on who you ask, you know, like it, it just mm-hmm. it depends on who you ask. And, uh, it's interesting. I mean, uh, in the, in these trade scenarios, Paul George was seen as this incredible asset, 
but you know, he's 29. He's coming off two shoulder surgeries. Um, you know, he's never won an NBA championship. I don't know. Yeah. He's never even been to an NBA finals. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so it'll be very, very interesting to see, uh, how, how the trades shake out and, uh, how they affect the long-term future of all the, uh, organizations involved. It almost feels to me like a macrocosm of like the the whole like analytics movement of saying like oh if you're not shooting three pointers or dunking the ball you are taking yes. an inefficient bad shot yeah and it's like teams are realizing now like you either have to be completely all in trying your absolute doing everything you can to win a championship or you have to be playing for the future. Um, like there is no in between anymore. I mean, I guess like you know certain markets like like Portland and um, uh, like Denver uh, and and you know like s- some of these teams are are like Utah are content to like kind of just like build slowly and gradually and you know keep running it back and running it back. Um, and I think that's that's you know that that can work again if you have like a good GM. Um, but I feel like there's, there's just going to be more and more of a progression towards like either going for it completely or just like totally rebuilding. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, in a way I'm like, that's smart. Like, I think more teams should do that. Like if you're not, if you know, you're not going to win a fucking championship, like, or you you know, you're not going to compete for a championship. Like, don't even bother. Like just like sell everything you have and start from scratch because yeah, I, I like, uh, it just, like the goal is to win a championship right. for every team. Um, so go draft RJ Barrett, go draft Kevin Knox. Oh man. And then, you know, away we go. Um, ben, it's getting late, so I'm going to let you go, but real quick, do you want to give me a thought on uh summer league? I don't know how much time you've had to watch, but any, uh, any highlights, any players that you're excited about from uh, NBA summer league in Vegas? I have barely watched any summer league, but obviously we need to talk about our boy Iggy at some point. Iggy. Um, yeah. Brezdakis, another second round gem, yep. uh, discovered, uncovered by the New York Knicks. Scott Perry. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, out of the hat. I don't know how R.J. Barrett's going to turn out. Frankly, I don't really care because we have Iggy. So it's all good in New York. Um, Couldn't be more excited about this squad that the Knicks are trotting out there. Uh, Iggy, my my boy Wooten, uh, my boy... Wait, who's Wooten? Oh, you don't know about Wooten? No, I haven't watched any Summer League at all. Oh, man, Wooten. Wooten is the future, man. He is... uh, I'm going to send you some clips of this guy. Um, is he any relation to uh, New York Giant great Tita Wooten? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not mm. sure. I'm not. Uh, Kenny Wooten is his name. He's a draft Kenny pick Wooten out of Oregon. Yeah, he looks great, man. Defensive stud. Loves blocking mm. the ball. Loves chasing down those rebounds. Long, he's on the Knicks. Yeah, he's a lanky. I want to say he's like six ten, six eleven. Plays the four. When did they? When did they draft him? He's an undrafted kid, man. Undrafted. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. It, love he's it. gonna compete for one of those two way contracts, end of the bench kind of guy. The next Alonzo Trier, perhaps. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man. I am going to let you go. Thanks very much for hopping on the pod. We will uh, catch up real soon, I'm sure. I don't know. Westbrook may be traded any day now. So uh, we wait, and uh, we'll talk to you in a little bit. We'll keep our eye on on Alfred Coffey. That's right. uh, See if they have uh, anything more to say for themselves. And, 
Yeah, we'll keep our eye on Summer League. All right, go Clippers. We'll talk to you soon, man. All right, man. Bye. All right, that was the conversation with Ben. Hope you enjoyed it. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at us at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We don't accept corporate money, so please don't offer it. Have a great week, and we will talk to you guys in a little bit.